You're listening to Not The Wifey Type, the podcast, a cape-free zone where we share stories and break down strength and struggle narratives to reimagine lives with us at the center. I'm your host, Kayla Charleston. Now let's get into it. Since this is a podcast about Black women finding ways to recenter themselves, I couldn't let another episode go by without talking about my pole journey. And pole is something I mentioned in my first episode, season one, episode one, but it's one of the top three most transformational things I think I've ever decided to do. And that warrants more detail. So I am going to share my pole journey, my pole story, and we're going to talk to a woman who owns a pole studio for this episode. So my pole journey began on a Groupon. I was in grad school and I had a friend who was in the same graduate program as I was. And she texted me one day and she was like, let's go to a pole class. She had taken a, she had done a pole party before, but never taken an actual class. So we go and buy a Groupon, 30 days of unlimited classes for $30. And we go to class. So our first class wasn't a pole class, it was actually a chair class, and we looked ridiculous. We were not able to do some very basic moves (laughs) that the instructor had in the dance routine, but we loved it. Despite the fact that we looked ridiculous, we loved it. And we loved it so much that the whole month didn't even go by before we decided, okay, we need to get a membership. It like two weeks passed of, of us taking classes before we decided, okay, this is not, 30 days is not going to be enough. So, uh, and actually <laughs> what also happened is we took one of the, a class with an instructor who shook her ass so well that we were like, okay, we need to do this more often than or we need to do this more than just for this 30 days. So um, her ass inspired us, literally. So we got memberships. However, poll is not cheap. And again, I was in grad school. So at the time it was $125 a month. And that's how bad I wanted, that's how much it moved me and how how excited I was to um, have this outlet. And I I didn't know how I was going to make it work, but I signed up for a membership anyway, a year long membership anyway, at 125 a month, not knowing, okay, what am I going to skimp on so that I can afford to have this in my life? Um, Luckily, fortunately, months later, a few months later, they started hiring for people to work at the desk. So I applied and got it. And so, you know, I was like, okay, if I work three, four, three days a week, then that'll pay for my membership. And it did. So I found that I was at the studio probably six or seven days a week. And I loved it. And it was also to the point where the apartment that I was living in when I started pole my lease ended and they were increasing the rent. So I I wanted to move, but I decided to move somewhere really close to the studio. That's how much, how invested I was in pole. So I was at the studio like seven days a week and the changes that I began to see, I just, I don't know. I don't, I can't think of another thing that would have inspired me to, change in that way in the way that that poll has or the ways I should say because it's multiple so one thing I never got involved with poll because I had like weight loss goals or anything like that but it still transformed my body so it was fascinating to see 
what I was not capable of doing when I first started pole to even just a several months later, you know, do, being able to do things like climb all the way up the pole, a 14 foot pole. And I am not athletic. I was the kid in gym class who could not climb the rope, okay? Or go upside down. I remember the first time I was able to climb all the way up the pole. I remember how excited I was the first time I was able to go upside down. I remember how excited I was the first time I was able to do a trick once I got upside down. And so all these milestones in my pole journey helped to make me feel, they gave me a sense of accomplishment and something to focus on outside of just the stressful ass grad program that I was in at the time. So, and also it, I feel like it gave me bragging rights, honestly, because I was able to do things that the average person, the average woman wasn't like the average person, the average woman is not climbing all the way up a 14 foot pole is not going upside down. So I kind of, I'm not going to lie. I like that part too. So there were the physical gains um, and even though I wasn't focusing on weight loss, I did lose weight. I, I toned up, but not only physically, uh, I feel like emotionally and um, in terms of my self-image, it also helped in that regard. So I have historically been a person who did not like to look in the mirror. I, it, I just didn't like it. Like many people, I tend to be hard on myself, harder than I should be. And looking in the mirror wasn't necessarily something that was pleasurable for me. I never thought I was ugly. I don't think I'm ugly. Quote unquote ugly, because we know what's considered ugly in society is highly political. However, that's a conversation for another day. And so I felt like a generally attractive person, but just in terms of body image. And there's so much baggage around what a black woman's body is supposed to look like. And so feeling like you don't fit that you know, there's hangups around that. So that changed a lot when I started doing pole. So you get in the room and you turn the lights down and you turn the red lights on and you the baddest bitch in there. Even if you ain't, honestly, you still are (laughs) because that's, that's just how you feel. You put your little booty shorts on, you put your lace on, you put your, um, fishnets on you put your heels on I learned that I love 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 thigh high socks like you put it on when you go in the studio and you become another person so I became someone who couldn't tear my eyes away from the mirror when I was in that room and that was tremendous for me as a person who didn't like looking in the mirror but not only that I was also making friends and and being in community with other women who were on this same journey because you know everybody has their body image issues and stuff like that so you know we're all doing this together we're all gassing each other up even if we look ridiculous bitch you killed it (laughs) and it's fine because in your own way you did kill it and there's nobody there to judge you and say that you didn't because I mean you're there to have fun this is not a competition you're not getting paid for this you're there as an outlet to have fun so Then about a year into my pole journey, I decided to try out to be an instructor and I was hired on as an instructor. And so then it took me to, so pole really changed then because then I got to experience what it was like to have, to help other women to feel sexy and to feel confident and to tap into their sensuality. The other part of that that's really funny is it became kind of like my secret life because by day I was teaching classes at my university, you know, college classes at my university 
And by night, I was teaching sensual dance floor and chair and pole classes to bad bitches. So I had like a whole secret life going on and (laughs) it really was, it really did get me through grad school to have that secret life that I could tap into that nobody else knew about. Nobody at school knew about. My professors didn't know about. My students didn't know about. It was just me in that room in them thigh high socks and them eight inch heels fucking it up. And I would say that pole helped me recenter myself because it reconnected me with my body. So it became so much less about what my body looks like to other people, you know, and so much more about what I can do with my body. So I don't care if you don't think my ass is fat enough. I don't care if you don't think my stomach is flat enough. I don't care if you don't think my titties are sitting. I don't care. I don't care because do you know what this body can do? Like you're telling me all these things and my body is not, but do you know, (laughs) do you know what I can do with this body? And that was hella powerful for me to be able to reframe myself and my self-image in that way. Now, I say when I used to do pole because this pandemic hit and since quarantine, I ain't been back. I I have not been, I have not been, I have not been polling. And it's really sad because I have a pole in my home and I don't have an excuse. But that speaks to the community aspect of pole because the community aspect was huge for me and um, was a big reason for me being motivated to go. Not even not just the pole aspect and the health aspect and the body image, but also the community and the camaraderie. So it's not quite the same to have a pole in my house as it is to go to a studio and there are other women who are gassing me up and laughing and we're having all kind of random and sometimes filthy conversations in the lobbies. So all of that is part of pole and... Honestly, this episode is just to spread the gospel of pole. And even if you, I know there's a pandemic going on right now. You may not feel safe going to a studio. I understand that because I haven't been since the pandemic started. However, um, I do think that when it's safe, a pole or sensual dance class is something every woman deserves to experience. In the meantime, if you're not used to tapping into your sensuality, I suggest something simple like practicing your sex face in the mirror. Because there's something about being intentionally sexy on purpose outside of the context of a partnership or doing it for someone else. Being able to see yourself in that way and turn that on is a game changer. So try it. So today we have with us Jackie, who is the owner of Spice Pole and Aerial Fitness Studio. How are you, Jackie? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Glad to have you. So pole is a thing that is near and dear to my heart, which I'm sure is probably near and dear to yours as well, since you're the owner of a studio. So I figured we would talk about pole and um, how it empowers women and um, how it's a vehicle to kind of, you know, get more confidence in yourself and stuff like that. So um, let's start with some of your background. How did you get into pole? Well, actually, first of all, before we get into that, can you, I I think people understand what pole dancing is, but can you say what aerial fitness is? 
So uh, the aerial side for us is uh, Lyra and silks, um, but the silks in the um, hammock form. So it's like a, I always tell people it's like a big U. Uh, so that's what our aerial fitness is at Spice. Um, and I love those two apparatuses because they're very accessible um, and in the silks in that way. Um, you know, most people see the tails where there's two separate, um, not two separate, it's one piece of fabric, but they're separated into two poles. Um, mm -hmm. So um, the hammock tends to be a little bit more accessible for people of all sizes and the lira as well. So that is what we use. Some people aren't really familiar with the term lira. Um, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a metal hoop <laughs> suspended, typically just depending on the class, but we'll say average like four feet off of the ground. Um, and there's a lot you can do in a hoop. And um, it's really great for building upper body strength. And uh, I tell people it's great for cross training when you're just kind of tired of doing pole things or you want to try something different. We have a lot of people that come in that just want to try a different workout to for the ladies building up their upper body strength and things like that. So the silks and the lira are our aerial things. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So tell us how you got into pole. What's your background and how did you get started in it? So it started really, I think to, if I go back to my, um, my start into fitness in general, um, it was, I was still in college. I was actually getting my master's degree and I was stressed out and I had gotten to a point where I wasn't working out. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't feeling healthy. I wasn't looking healthy. My body was just not working great. And so I decided one day, I said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I understand I have an obligation to school, but I have to start making time for myself. So uh, I started working out. And I think just like most people who are learning or entering um, the fitness world, I went to LA Fitness. <laughs> so I started working out at LA Fitness and I was on the elliptical and treadmill and doing some bicep curls because that's what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And I got bored with that really quickly. And so I uh, let them talk me into personal training. So I started doing personal training and I got bored with that really quickly. And then one of my friends told me about kickboxing, Muay Thai kickboxing. And so at the time I was like, there, will, will there be boys there? So, so I started doing kickboxing and that was great. Uh, I, I loved it because that introduced me to group fitness and that community aspect. So it took me out of the big box gym where I was trying to do everything by myself and put me in a community and kept me accountable. And I really enjoy those people. Um, it was It was a great experience. But I got tired of getting my butt kicked <laughs> after a while uh, because I was in the ring sparring with guys. So I was sore all the time, beat up all the time. And I got tired of that. Uh, one of my friends actually um, was starting her fitness journey uh, as I was kind of coming out of Muay Thai and I had started running. 
And she was saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing pole dancing. And I was judgmental at the time. I felt like pole was not a real workout. I had actually done a couple of intro. I'd done an intro pole class before and a party before. And I knew I, I felt like I knew what pole dancing was. It was all whipping hair and saying yes and being cute. And to me, that wasn't a workout because I was the I, I knew what fitness was. So, uh, so when she told me she was doing pole dancing, I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like, welcome to the world of fitness. Aww. Um, and so I saw her, I, I didn't know anything about her journey. I know she was excited about it and she was telling me about different things that she was learning, but I didn't understand what it was until I actually saw her on the pole. And I said, oh my gosh, <laughs> how you, what, you there, there's classes where you can learn how to do all the things. So, I mean, going upside down and I'm, it was amazing. And I think she'd only been doing pole for about six months. And so um, from there, I was on my computer trying to find classes. And that's how I ended up starting my journey to pole dance. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot in there. So you said at first you didn't feel like it was a workout. And I feel like there's I feel like there's two types of people, maybe the, the, the people who feel like it's not um, that big of a workout and the people who feel like, oh, my God, I don't have any upper body strength. I cannot do this. Pole is not for me. And they're scared to come. It's important. You said your friend had been doing it for like only like six months. Do you know if your friend had a background in fitness or anything like that? Actually, you know this friend. It is Miss Candy Rain. And although Candy Rain looks like a goddess, like straight chiseled and abs. I, she's always I feel like she's always had abs. She will debate me on that. She does not have a background. She does not have a background. No, she does not. And she just, I mean, she was Candy Rain from the beginning. So I so for me to see somebody like that doing all the things, it's like, oh, wow, I, I want to learn how to do all of that stuff, too. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to point that out because people think that, oh, they have to come with, you know, so much fitness uh, background or such in shape, right, in good shape uh, to be able to do pole. And you can still come to pole and not have a fitness background or, you know, you, you build that up over time. So tell us what pole has meant to you. Pole is a, has meant a lot to me, I, and it's really just now I'm just now starting to accept it um, because I, now I've been doing pole almost eight years, and before it was just very much a hobby, you know, like oh I, yeah, I just do pole dancing classes, and I was in the pole closet for a long time. So, but I continued to do it, continued to do it. Um, started traveling for pole going I went to pole expo which was like a huge pole convention within my probably my second year of doing pole you know doing taking pole classes um I just got deep into it and although I was thinking oh this is just a casual hobby for me I continued to get deeper into it it never stayed just a hobby uh, I started teaching and then I started doing private lessons and um, and I now looking back, I see how that it was a source of creative release for me. It helped me keep my mental space together. 
It kept me accountable to my body uh, because, you know, it's hard pulling body up that pole sometimes. So it was, but I would say before 2020, because 2020 really brought it all in for me. Before 2020, I knew it was important, but more so from the physical aspect. It was more like, okay, yeah, this is my form of workout and it keeps me in really great shape. It keeps me feeling good about my body. And that's what pole was for me prior to 2020. When 2020 hit and the pandemic came around, I truly found that it is an empowering activity. And it's not even about the pole for me anymore. It's really about the connection that I have with other women and being able to come in and celebrate each other. And I know everybody, every studio is different, but I will say, and I I feel like probably everyone feels this way about their studio, but at Spice, we really do celebrate each other. We really do support each other. And I mean, everybody, like, it's not like, oh, well, I'm in this group, you know, I'm in this class or I'm at this level. I don't talk to the girls that are in this level or I don't even know them. Spice is still pretty small. So I'm going to see you at some point, you know, and we just love on each other and celebrate each other. We, it's such a peaceful place. And the more I start to build that community, the more I realize this is why I stayed with pole. Because as women, we don't really get a lot of that. I feel like a lot of the influences for women are negative. You know, the stereotypes are negative. It's a lot of gossiping and mean girl stuff and men trying to tell us what we're supposed to be doing, but we're not supposed to do and should be doing. And very rarely is anybody saying, you know what, girl, your booty looks good today. (laughs) Or, you know, your, your little outfit is so cute. Look at your heels. You know, that just is not something, at least in my world, I didn't have that. And I think just having that constant confirmation, the affirmation, the feeling of accomplishment, leaving class, like, wow, I did this cool thing. And, you know, never having a background. I'm not a gymnast. I'm not a dancer. There's something to that. And I know my confidence has expanded exponentially because of pole dance. So I found pole also when I was in grad school and needed an outlet for stress. And it was also a creative outlet for me. And the community aspect was really important to me because I also hadn't, I don't have any sisters and I've never been the type to be like, oh, I don't want, I don't get up on women. I don't have women friends. Grad school for me was really isolating. I felt really alone in the process of you know, writing my dissertation and stuff. So I found community in pole and like, like you, like you mentioned that camaraderie and the women um, who are there to, and they compliment you and tell you, tell you how good your butt looks or how good your outfit looks or whatever, right? That feels good. So um, yeah, I, I can relate to that because that's what pole has meant for me as as well. I want to ask, do you have an embarrassing pole story? <laughs> oh my god, I feel like my whole pole journey is embarrassing. <laughs> it's always amazing to me, and, and let me—it's really bad because I, I one of the things I, I really struggled with was self-image. Uh, I've always thought that I was huge and my body was just gross. My boobs weren't big enough. My butt wasn't big enough. My legs were too big. I've always just been very negative about my body. And so it 
for me, Naya Marie was very much a alter ego that I had to tap into when I was in classes because I've all I always feel like, ew, oh, you know, ew, what are you doing? Um, so I don't have anything. I, I'm not, I guess because I have that alter ego, I'm not easily embarrassed when I do things. Like I've fallen off the pole before. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just really disconnect. I used to, anyway, really disconnect from Jackie. So I don't think I have any really embarrassing things, but a lot of times I will go back and look and just be like, oh my gosh, look at your feet. <laughs> What is going on with these feet? What? Why are you so ashy? Why? You know? Just generally speaking, I I go back and look. I'm like, girl. But it's crazy. So I go back and look at stuff, and in the space, my present space, I'll be like, oh my gosh, what was that? But in the moment, I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> in the moment, you be getting it, and then you look yeah. back, like you record it, and you look back, and it's like. Mm. Maybe I wasn't getting it. <laughs> so you have, so you have like a, a Sasha, Sasha Fierce and Beyonce type thing where you have an alter ego. Yes, yes. Uh, her name is Naya Marie, and she has uh, been around since the beginning. So the studio I started at was very. You need to have a stripper name. You got to have a stripper name. So Naya Marie was born, and I really appreciated that because I'm very much an overthinker and being in a pole studio, I could, I could have overthought that and talked myself out of a really fulfilling workout. Um, but I'm very thankful for them and creating that for me and allowing me to have an alter ego and it not being about, okay, Jackie's on the pole. It's Naya Marie and whatever Naya Marie wants to do. So now as I'm getting deeper into the journey, I'm learning that Naya Marie is Jackie and they are, they are one and the same. Yeah. So I, and that's important. You mentioned body image issues. And I think that's important because a lot of women, a lot of people in general have body image issues. I know I brought mine to pole too, but I did find that learning what I could do with my body was something that made me feel com more confident about it and feel better about it. And actually be able to look at myself more like I just you know you put on your pole clothes and you want to see how you look and turn around and get your angles and stuff you just you know want to feel good so pole helped me in that regard as well in terms of um body image and feeling more confident in myself um what about tapping into your sensuality do you think that's imp an important aspect of pole yes for sure it's yes, definitely. So this is not to shame any woman. I, I I respect any woman's way of expressing themselves sensually. I meet a lot of women who are like, I don't need to go to a pole dancing class. I don't do that. You know, I, I keep that behind closed doors for my man and or your woman, whoever you choose to do that with. And I respect it. But I feel like most women don't really know how to do it because, and when I say do it, I mean, be able to turn that sensual side on at a moment's notice. Naya Marie, AKA Jackie, will drop into a split, pop it, twerk it, whatever it needs to be done at any time. 
I don't think most women are comfortable in that way. And it's very, very sad because guys want that. Some, some men, I'm not going to say all men, but some men want their women to be able to, you know, like put on a little show for them. And I'm, I, I can see, we're seeing each other right now, but I'm rolling my shoulders and getting into my sensual side right now. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of women that they shame strippers and exotic dancers and the burlesque scene. And they're like, oh, these women are just whatever. But then when it's time for them to put on some cue and do a little dance, they look at stiff. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, they still may have a wonderful relationship. And, and I tell a lot of women, too, it's not even about what you can do for your partner. It's really how you feel about yourself. It's really about can you put on something cute and sexy and feel good for you? Yep. So it's, you know, your your partner is going to love that confidence no matter what. If you popping it like Meg Thee Stallion or, you know, rolling like Beyonce, it's whatever if you're confident. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah, the sensual side is a big deal for me. And I hate when I hear anyone, men and women, downing other women for expressing themselves in a sensual way. I think men more than women because the men know that's what they want. They need to stop playing. <laughs> and then they shame women for learning or taking twerk classes or taking pole dancing classes. It's, oh, you want to be a hoe. You want to be a stripper. And I've heard that so many times. And the last time I heard it, I was just like, what does that even mean? Like, mm-hmm. we just had this long conversation, and now you know this other side of me, and now you're saying that I want to be a stripper. What what does that mean for you? Like, and now I'm going to dissect your mind. So, right. Like, is it like it's an insult? And I appreciate strippers because strippers know how to put to play into a fantasy. And that's again, like we're, like we're, you were saying, a lot of women don't know how to tap into that. So when they come to the studio, they have to learn how to touch themselves and how to give sexy eyes and how to give face and all this stuff. So that's like, that's a skill. And that's uh, tapping into your sensuality is something that I think a lot of women don't do enough or don't, I guess, maybe even feel allowed to do in some ways. Talk, can you talk about if you've seen some women come in who have hangups or struggle with being sensual? Because you've gone from a student of pole to an instructor to a studio owner. So you've, you've run the gamut of different roles in, in a studio. So have you, have you experienced women who come in and struggle with kind of tapping into their sensuality? Yes. And it makes me so sad. I don't see it so much in the students. Once people will decide to go ahead and do it, that I feel like they've done enough research on the front end. We very rarely, at least at Spice, we very rarely get people who just walk through the doors and say, I've never done anything. I've never Googled pole dancing. I just want to come in and take some classes. Most of the time, people have already done a lot of research. They've followed us on Instagram. They've followed me on Instagram. They, they have a whole poll IG experience before they come in. So they already know what to expect. It doesn't shock them when they see one of our instructors, AKA Miss Paradise, walking through with her cheeks out. <laughs> they're not they're like, oh my gosh, cheeks. 
Um, but in the parties, we do, I, I see that a lot because with parties, it's typically one person who's probably the adventurous wild friend and they get all their friends together and say, okay, guys, we're going to do a full dancing party. And everybody thinks it's fun and cute until I ask them to walk across the floor and, you know, outline of the body and give me a sexy walk. And now it's like uh, a sexy walk. What does that mean? And I, I don't I don't get I, I never got mad about it, but I used to tell them, like, I'm not playing with y'all. <laughs> you know, they would sometimes, you know, you get the girls, they're like skipping and playing and. I'm like, no, and, and I, I still go along with it because I'm not about to give them a whole lecture on why they should be comfortable being sensual. That's their time to have a you know party and however they choose to use their time is is their is their thing. But it makes me sad sometimes when I, you know, we're doing a sensual movement exercise, something as simple as walking to the mirror, looking at yourself and being sexy and touching your body. And literally women do not want to touch their own bodies. I'm like, I didn't ask you to touch a friend's body. I asked you to touch your body. And not even, I'm not saying get get weird with it, you know, just outline from the hip up to the shoulder. You know, give me pretty hands, give me pretty legs. And they can't do it. They cannot yeah. do it. And that it makes me sad when I see that because, there's so much power in, in being able to tap into that energy. There's power in that. And I feel like that's why men and I would say society in general tries to tell women, don't do it. You know, ew, that's bad. Da, 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 because they know that there's unstoppable power in that. A woman cannot be controlled. If she knows how to control her body and her movement and is 100% sure about who she is and confident, that's an unstoppable woman. Mm -hmm. you, can't, yeah. you, you can't control her. You can't, I'm not saying you can't tell her nothing, but it's, you're not going to be able to run some foolishness by yes. that. Yes. And that to me is part of the power of pole because there's so many different aspects. It's not just, it's not just sensuality. It's not just strength and doing pole tricks. It's, it's a lot of different aspects that, um, come together to make it such an enriching activity. And I, as like, so as a black woman, I can also say that in terms of building strength and stuff, I feel like that is one area where um, being strong wasn't used against me. So like out in society, I'm like, people use the strong black woman stereotype to justify like treating you more harshly or something like that. But in the studio, strength is a good thing and it helps you to be able to do things that you never imagined you'd be able to do. And it's not used, you know, against you or negatively. So that's one thing specifically as a black woman that I have found was a benefit of pole. So let's talk about your journey as a studio owner because you <laughs> you took a risk to start your studio and some stuff happened that you weren't expecting so talk more about that and, and that how that was for you it's funny because i think the most remarkable thing about my journey is that it was totally unexpected and unplanned um so a lot of times i'll have people they'll reach out to me and they're like can you help me what is the first thing I should do? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how I got here for real. I haven't even written down the steps. It's just 
here. Um, so I started, I was doing pole. I had been doing pole, I think at that point for about four years before I started instructing. I loved instructing. And I started, um, people started reaching out to me to do private lessons. And the pole community at that time was very different because now we have all these private pole instructors and, you know, people are building their own brands and it just is what it is, you know, and I love, I love to see pole instructors taking their skills and benefiting themselves, enriching themselves from it. You know, it's great to enrich the studio, but these are skills you have paid good money. Pole is not cheap. Pay good money to, um, learn these skills and put in the work to be the best that you can be. And people are going to gravitate towards certain instructors. So at that time, I had some people that were um, seeking me out for private lessons. And I uh, was doing privates and I ended up getting into a disagreement with uh, the management that I was, um, the studio I was affiliated with at the time. I had a disagreement with management and I absolutely love that studio. I had no intention at that time. And just to give you some a, a timeline for how all of this came together, this was November of end of October, early November of 2017, when I had this disagreement and I ended up being terminated <laughs> from the pole studio that I was working at, was a student of, was an instructor. And um, I was absolutely devastated. I remember uh, even telling my mother-in-law, who really didn't know much about pole or my pole journey, I told her I was pole homeless. <laughs> you know, I was just so dramatic about that experience. And so, um, I, but I did. It, it was a. I went through a grieving period with that um, because that was my community and. It hurt because I saw that once I was disconnected from that community, I really was disconnected from the community. And so I was like, man, you know, I got to try to find something new. Luckily, um, there was a pole studio not too far from where I was living at the time. And I started doing classes there. And so that was a, a a pretty new studio. So I had never had a brand new studio experience. And that was pretty interesting in that it wasn't built up. They didn't have that, that same structure. And I would say polish. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I respect it now. Um, but at the time they didn't have the same um, systems in place as the studio I had come from, which is, I would say one of the biggest studios in Atlanta for sure. And then probably a contender in the country. So, um, so I was at this new studio and I'm kind of like, man, you know, this, this is working, you know, this studio is, is brand new and you know, the, the owner is still learning things and wow, man, like this is actually like doable, you know, it doesn't take, this isn't rocket science. And so um, I was teaching there and I guess it says something about me. I had another disagreement with management <laughs> and uh, ended up being terminated from that position as well. So uh, once again, I found myself pole homeless and a little pole orphan in the streets. And um, I, this is where I feel like my community really, really matters. One of my good friends, um, 
who owns Georgia Chrome Star, Gina, she said, well, Jackie, why don't you just open your own studio? And I'm like, Gina, I can't open up a studio. I'm not rich. Like, <laughs> do I look rich to you? And it's so funny because I knew, I know Gina, right? And Gina, unless she got some money I don't know about, um, I don't think that she is wealthy. You know, she didn't grow up with a silver spoon in her mouth. So, you know, I'm telling her, she's telling me, just open a studio. And I'm telling her, I can't. I don't have enough money to open up a studio, Gina. And uh, so she continues to encourage me through that. And I'm so thankful because that sparked, she planted the seed for me. And so November 2017, I was (laughs) terminated from one studio. About February of 2018, I was terminated from the second studio. Oh, quick. Girl. One of my friends was like, what's going on with you? Like, you can't keep a pole job? Like, what's what's up with you? Um, So, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so February of 2018, I was terminated. And all the while, I'm talking to my friend Gina, and she's like, just open up your own studio. And so she planted the seed. I said, well, you know what? What's the harm in just looking at some space? So I started looking at spaces, you know, I'm doing my research, I'm online and looking up different commercial spaces. I had no idea how to look up commercial spaces. I just Googled and Craigslisted and all the things. And so I kept finding spaces that I thought were absolutely amazing. And um, I would go there and I'm like, hey, I want to open up a pole dancing studio. And the very first space that I found, they were like, so what's your business name? I'm like... Uh, yeah, I don't have that yet. How do I go about doing that? So this woman, it's like a leasing agent. She's like, yeah, you got to go to the secretary of state. You have to register a name. You have to like create a business. Oh, so I went on Google and went to the secretary of state and registered the business name. So, and it's funny. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, how did you come up with the name Spice? I'm like, listen, I'm not that creative. So everybody was saying, you know, Paula, spice you up, spice. I'm like, yes, spice, it is, spice, it works. So it, yeah, that came from an extreme lack of creativity on my end, but it worked. Um, So I kept going through this process. I was putting myself out there to these leasing agents. I'm like, okay, now I've got my business. Now I've got my registration. Okay, I'm ready to rent your space. And they're like, you need financial statements what? <laughs> you know, I need financial statements. You need a business plan. And I would put all this stuff together and then I'd send them the package and then they wouldn't even respond to me. So I'm sitting here with all of this stuff. And, um, and it's funny, somebody actually reached out to me. I'm sure it was a scam, but some, some guy reached out to me. I don't even know how I ended up encountering this person, but they were like, yeah, I'd love to invest in your concept, blah, blah, blah. Like send me over a packet. So I like really dressed it up and made it look hot, you know, business plan. I had all my little financial statements, my, my forecast and my background is in accounting. So I was able to put this stuff together without, you know, like freaking out. And so I put all this stuff together and then they ghosted me. So <laughs> it's, but it's crazy because Literally, I just kept getting turned down, turned down, turned down, turned down. And I was upset about it, but I had built all this stuff up. 
So back to my timeline, I was terminated February of 2018 by uh, March of 2018, which is so funny because I was so deflated at that point. I'm, ego was just shy. I was so frustrated. I'm like, I've been working so hard. I've been trying to find space. And Gina told me I should just open a studio and I can't even find anywhere that will accept my business. Like this. So I found a company, I found a broker um, that would work with me. And within a week of me working with a broker, I had found the space, beautiful space that I'm in now. I absolutely love it. And um, signed the lease for that in April of 2018. This, and, this is happening fast. Man, and when I think about all of this, and when you talk to some other studio owners, they're like, I spent two years looking for space. I'm like, I spent two months looking for space. And I wasn't even trying to find space. I just so happened to come up on something good. So it's when I tell you this whole journey has showed me when you're walking on the right path, there will be obstacles. It's not to say that there won't be obstacles, but the universe will just be confirming for you. Yes, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Because how I came up on a space with hardwood type flooring, 14 foot ceilings right off of the highway, I couldn't have even planned that. I couldn't have planned that type of space. I just couldn't have. And so um, um, by April, I had signed the lease and that space was far more expensive than I wanted to um, spend for a space as far as the rent was concerned. So at the time I was still working my full-time job and all the while I'm like telling my husband about this. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm just going to open a space, but I'm not going to get anything that's too expensive. It's, it's only going to be like whatever we can spend out of our personal money. So that's how I kind of like lulled them into it. Right. And so by the time I had signed this lease, girl, they talking about if you don't pay this rent, we're going to take your house. <laughs> you know, like, I, had to, I had to get all this collateral together. So it, it, it was a huge risk for me. Um, but at that point, I felt like I was in too deep. I had put all this time and effort and energy into coming up with business plans and financial plans and forecasts and all this other stuff. I said, they approved me. So, you know, what the heck? Let's go for it. So luckily he supported me. My husband supported me in that. And, um, and we signed a lease and we started the build out. And we opened up Spice in June of 2018, end of June, 2018. So. And then in 2020, the pandemic hits. Girl. So. <laughs> oh, did that throw you for a loop? It gets better. So I was doing Spice and I have nothing but respect for Pulse Studio owners now because that is not an easy task. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So I was working my full-time job. Um, I, my job required me to travel. So I was traveling for work and trying to run a studio and teaching classes and trying to be a good wife, you know, trying to do all the things. And, um, and my commute was an hour and a half to my job, girl. And so... Um, 
I just couldn't do it anymore. I started losing interest in my position um, at work and I just wasn't, I mean, the weekends at the studio would always just be killer and I would be struggling to get up on Monday morning. I was always tired. And so um, I said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. And I had a, a bunch of other stuff that happened in my life. And I just decided in November, no, about, no, about September of 2019, I said for 2020, I'm, I'm, I'm living my best life, period. I, I'm not... I'm not living like this. I'm going to go for it 100%. I'm going to I'm going to do Spice full time. I'm quitting my job because at the time Spice was doing very well. Like it had just blown up. So, I said I'm just going to go for it. You know, if what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, I've got a master's degree in accounting. I have a good track record at my job. I've been working here almost 10 years. I can get another job, you know, like take this step, take this risk. Just go for it. So yeah, I quit my government, federal government job January 31st of 2020. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. OMG. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm sure the uh, pandemic threw you for a loop, but it seems that you're, you're doing really well. I, I see your social media presence and I'm always very impressed by uh, what you're doing with Spice and by your story. I would never be able to tell that you were just out there <laughs> making it up as you go along because you see, you see your, your business and your studio seems very well put together. So I, I really like this story because it's, it's kind of inspiring to me and to maybe other people who are listening that you don't necessarily have to have it all figured out like before you start. Just start. Just start. Just do it. And I tell everybody, you... I read a book. I'm sure everybody read this book, but if not, go pick it up. Um, you are a badass at making money. Um, that book really inspired me because that's what she did. The author of that book, she just started going for it. You know, she took the risk and she just said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just going to go for it 100%. And she's a millionaire, you know, New York Times bestselling author. So I can't think of her name. That's terrible. But yeah, you are a badass at making money. She's making all the money right now. And you, um, you have to just go for it. You really do. And she talks a lot about desires. Like your desire was put in you. I never had a desire to be a truck driver or a, um, you know, a welder or a car dealership owner. You know, I had a desire to open up a pole studio and I followed that and somehow it worked. And to me, that's just the universe. If you're a spiritual person, to me, it's like the universe just confirming that. Like, yes, you're on the right track. And I have never, <clears throat> I've never in my life had anything just work. I've always, even when I was in school, be, doing accounting and um, everything in my life, I feel like was always so hard. Like I'm working so hard and I'm really not that good at it, but I'm just going to keep on doing it anyway. And that goes for everything. Relationships, you know, <laughs> friendships, different little ho hobbies here and there. At one point I was studying for the CPA exam. 
everything was just so hard. And so I just assumed that when I opened up this pole studio, that was also going to be the same experience. And when things just were working, I'm like, why is this working? Because I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. I truly believe that. So I encourage everyone, whatever it is that you want to do, if something is feeling like, ugh, I shouldn't be doing this, stop doing it. That includes your job. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Don't just be out here homeless without a job. <laughs> do something. I am team quit your job. Hey, but, listen, I'm working on it, but yes, yeah. <laughs> that is a good note to end on. And you actually answered the last question I had for you, which was, is there a book or a resource that has been formative for you? Can you repeat the name of the title of that book? Yes. It's, um, you are a badass at making money. I cannot remember the name of the author. Let me look it up on my phone really, really quickly. Uh, because that book changed my whole outlook on what I was doing. Jen Sincero. Jen Sincero, her story is very inspiring. It's very, very inspiring. Um, but pick it up, bottom line, pick it up and just go for it. Go for All it. All right. Well, tell folks where they can find you on the internet. You can find me. Uh, you can find all the things that Spice is doing at the Spice Pole Fitness on Instagram. You can find me at it's the Spice for me on my personal Instagram. Uh, I'm actually also working on some other stuff. Uh, my own podcast, which I am rapidly trying to throw together right now. <laughs> um, and that is, uh, you can find more about that on my Instagram at find your spice. Um, we're also on Facebook, Spice Polinarial Fitness. Uh, check out our website, spicepolefitness.com. If you have any questions, um, I am, I am not to a point where I have a manager. So if you email spice, you are actually talking to me. So <laughs> So yeah, and I do still respond to DMs. So if you DM me or if you have any questions, um, I still have some free time and I, I enjoy talking to people about their endeavors and sharing my experience. So yeah, please feel free to reach out. Thank you so much for being on the show, Jackie. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Not The Wifey Type, the podcast. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe so you'll know when new episodes drop and rate and review so others will know how much you love the show too. If you want to keep up with me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at Not The Wifey Type. Until next time, I'm reminding you to belong to yourself. <laughs>